Welcome to this presentation from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. We are located in the greater Los Angeles area at 9820 Lakewood Boulevard in Downey, California. We would love to have you worship with us any Saturday you are in our area. Good morning, friends. Great to be with you all. Let's begin with prayer. Father in heaven, as we now just pause for a moment, as we uh, begin to study, uh, Lord, the book of Luke, we pray that you will be with us. In Jesus' name, amen. So, uh, good morning, everybody. Great to be with you all again. Uh, I want to begin with a story. Uh, it's told by, I believe, Todd Cateau. And back in the probably late 1940s, early 50s, there was a town called Flagstaff. And... Uh, it was, from what I understand, it was essentially a very, very small town, actually three small towns that would eventually be flooded. There was a dam that was to be built down the river, and it was about 45 feet tall, and as it grew, and it would build, the water would come down and eventually flood, and what would now be known as Flagstaff Lake. Now before that had all happened, Word had gotten out that this was, this, uh, the dam was going to take place and they would eventually all have to move. And slowly but surely, people who had taken pride in their town had uh, uh, painted all of their houses to look nice. Slowly but surely, it became more bedraggled and, and everything that was good about it was starting to ebb away. And Todd points out, where there is no faith in the future, there is no power in the present. Vision, looking forward and, and as well knowing something that we can hold on to, have a firm foundation, is key in our walk of faith. This week, we're talking about faithfulness, or uh, in the Greek, the, the pistis in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It's the seventh attribute of, of, of the fruit of the Spirit. And when we look at faithfulness, we can describe faithfulness as uh, faith, belief, trust, confidence, uh, even fidelity, or, or faithfulness, as uh, we've taken here. And, and when we think about faithfulness, especially, I, I, as I just pointed out, confidence and, and fidelity are two, I think, key words that we don't use enough, especially to describe faithfulness. And fidelity is that of a faithfulness to a person, a cause, or a belief demonstrated by continuing loyalty and support. So faithfulness is the first attribute in the third block of, of the, the attributes. Uh, the two remaining attributes we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks is gentleness, and finally the last one is self-control. And the Holy Spirit as well is, is key in our component in our walk with God in order to live a faithful life. When I think of faithfulness, there's one particular story that I'm blown away, and, and that is found in Luke 7. I don't know if you're part of our Wednesday night study group, uh, we, we recently went over this story, but in Luke chapter 7, verse 1, it says, When Jesus had finished saying all of this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion servant, whom a master highly valued, 
was sick and about to die. In fact, even in, in Matthew's account, he actually says the servant uh, was basically paralyzed. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man, he deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to him to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve you to have you come under my roof. Imagine that. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. And that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus had heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd, he said to him, I tell you, I have not found such great faith, even in Israel. And then the man who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. There's a lot that we can extrapolate uh, from this story alone. And so basically the basic premise of this is, is Jesus is uh, traveling and, and when they get to this town called Capernaum, there's a centurion. One of his servants is, is, is sick and for this person, it looks like there is no hope. But he's heard of this man named Jesus. But remember, he's a centurion. He's a Jew. And for those of you who are wondering, what is a centurion? Well, a centurion is a soldier who is overseeing roughly, um, uh, scholars say anywhere from 50 to, I'm sorry, 80 to over 100. That's, you know, centurion, century. And uh, to be a centurion as well, you had to uh, have spent some time in the army. You were a strong soldier. You were appointed to this position. So he was a, a leader of legionnaires, as they say. And um, he, was, he commanded a, a basically a company size of soldiers, roughly at least uh, about 100. And it was not uh, a position to be taken lightly. And, and more importantly as well, this man was most un highly unlikely to, be, to have been a Jew, so he was most likely a Gentile. Now, he was a powerful figure as well, and, and he was smart as well, and, and he must have been a good guy because he helped uh, the Israelite nation in, in Capernaum to build a synagogue. And notice, remember, when uh, he, doesn't himself, he, did, he himself does not go to Jesus, he talks with the leaders of the synagogue, and they send representatives to Jesus. And to point out, especially uh, in verse 4 and 5, it says, This man deserves you to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So there was a relationship that this uh, centurion had built with, uh, with the local the Jewish leadership. So he helps this community that built the synagogue. They, in turn, have this goodwill relationship with, with the centurion. And when his, his servant gets sick, they go to bat for him. And so, as Jesus, as, as well, he, he agrees. And along the way, though, the centurion displays a sense of, uh, 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 an amount of faith that was unheard of at this point. Now, he being a leader as well, he is one who makes uh, orders, and his, expect, his legionaries, his people under his command are expected to follow them. 
So he goes by faith because he feels that he is not even worthy to have Jesus come into his very own home. He sends his friends out and they basically tell Jesus, look, our master does not feel worthy to even come to you, but he also believes that you have the ability to be able to heal him from this very spot. For he, he points out, you know, I give my orders, they follow them just like you can as well. And this, to Jesus, this is like, this is astounding. Imagine this. So the centurion, he had faith, he had confidence in Jesus that he would be able to save his servant. So, Jesus does so. The, the friend that had been sent to meet Jesus along the way comes back and finds the servant healed. One of the things that I, I take away from this story is that of confidence and, and fidelity. How could a man who wasn't in the Jewish faith, but had heard the stories and, and the testimonies, I'm sure, of other people, it was enough for him to believe. And much like in our place where it's been thousands of years later from the time that Jesus was alive, we as well have to rely on the stories that we find in Scripture. And yet these stories can grant us confidence. It can help us to grow in our faith. And as well, it's also a reminder that this gospel is not just for uh, a few, but it is for all, because Jesus desires to save as many as we desire to want to be saved by him. Larry Ellison points out there are four things, four steps of faith. And, and that is, uh, the first one is to, to hear the word. And I would also uh, even say to read or experience God in your life. Okay? So we can get to know God. Our faith is built on knowing who God is as we read the scriptures and as we pray. But as well, to believe it. Because it's one thing to read it. We could, we could read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But do we believe in the stories, the words, do they bring life in our hearts and in our minds and our walk with God? So, number two, we also have to believe. To have faith that the words that we can read from and the prayers that we, we pray as well have power. And the third thing in the steps of faith, as well as that of to speak the word. It has to be something that not only do we hear, do we read, and that we experience, and also that we believe as well, but we have to be able to speak and share the word, Jesus. And finally, we have to do the word. Being faithful means we have to step out of faith, even sometimes when it's uncomfortable. No, now if you uh, had watched uh, our weekly video, I, I talked about uh, the fact of uh, <laughs> uh, parallel parking. So many of us have, uh, who have driven have had to probably parallel park at least once in our life. And for some, they can pick it up easily, and for many as well, it brings a sense of dread and fear, right? Uh, because it's not an easy thing to do at times. And the first time you do it, it can be unnerving, or yeah, unnerving. It can be scary. 
But after you've done it a couple times, you get used to it. You get confident. And much like our faith as well. Unless we actually exercise our faith, we're always going to be timid. We're always going to shy. We're going to be hiding from acting on our faith. It takes trust. Especially when you're putting yourself out there. But God calls us to be faithful. And through the Spirit, we can live a faithful life. Oswald Chambers, to close with, he writes, For my faith, faith for my deliverance is not faith in God. Faith means whether I am visibly delivered or not, I will stick to my belief that God is love. There are some things only learned in a fiery furnace. To live by faith means, again, to look perhaps even into the unknown and to still walk forward in faith. Trusting that the Lord will lead and guide you. And by God's grace as well, God will help you in your walk, wherever God calls you to. For some, it may be a small step, and for some, it may be a huge step. But God is faithful. And as God is leading us, especially during this time, you know, um, I didn't expect to be here. What is it now? It's already July, right? And it's been, well, April, May, June, July, four months since we've essentially been in lockdown. And it has been challenging. As I was reflecting uh, last night of where we started to coming here, you know, we've been able to adapt and pivot, but still, you know, me personally, I, I feel this sense of, uh, I don't know how to put it, but I, I, I'm grateful for where I'm at because God is good. But yet I still yearn for more. I yearn to be outside. I yearn to be with you all, to be able to worship and, and to sing. I, I was, I was watching, um, some sermons that I had preached, uh, in order to be able to progress and to learn and grow. And as I watched, I could see my face with being able to, to, um, correspond with you even, even in the sanctuary. And it's hard right now because I can't do that with you. But I know that this is not forever. And I long for that day when we will be able to come back together. Frankly, I don't know yet when. Um, but I know that God is a faithful God. And if you are struggling, please, don't be afraid to reach out. If you have a prayer request, if there's something on your heart that is a burden, and you want to be able to share it to us, whether privately or be able to publicly let people know, that this is something that you need prayer for, please reach out to myself, reach out to Bill, and our prayer team will be praying for you. And as well, I pray for every member and for every prayer request on a daily basis. Whenever you give me a prayer request, I put it in my phone, and every morning, I pray. This is something that we have to remember, we're not in this alone. We are a church family. So, may the Lord continue to lead, guide, and bless you. And may we be uh, peaceful, may we be loving, may we have joy, and as well, may we be patient. And uh, off the top of my head, I can't, re oh, uh, I can't remember the last two that I preached about, but you know what they are. And uh, may we live a faithful life. Next week, Bill is going to be talking about gentleness. And to close out this series, we'll be talking about self-control. So, 
May the Lord bless, lead, and guide you. We love you. And let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, it's been a struggle, especially the last four months. But we know that you have not abandoned us. Lord, be with those who need healing. Be with those who need courage. Lord, be with those who need joy. And Lord, as well, be, be with those who are just tired. May you grant them strength. And as well for those who need rest to rest. We look to you in all things. Be with our church family. May we be faithful to you in your calling and leading. And above all, Lord, um, grant us the wisdom and the courage and love to move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Grace and peace, everybody. Have a great week, and we'll catch you later. Bye-bye. We hope you have been blessed by this message from the Downey Seventh-day Adventist Church. You can find more messages at www.downeychurch.org. God bless.